Ladies and gentlemen, here's In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Tony Ronaldo is an agronomist from Australia. He moved to Niger in 1981. It's one of the poorest countries in the world, but he was there because he wanted to make a difference, to help trees grow. But he failed after two years because the once arid land was devastated by severe drought. One time he decided to study more closely at the low desert bushes that were like the only things that was growing on the dry patched land. He knew that they were not small bushes, but actually trees that had been hacked down. He realized that if he were to prune them and allow them to grow, they would become flourishing trees again. And that's what he's been doing, going around different countries around the world, if they're willing, to learn from him what's called the Farmer Managed Natural Regeneration Technique, or FMNR. Now the method is responsible for 240 million trees regrowing across West Africa over more than 30 years. That's Tony's story. And more if you care to stay on and listen to the second episode of my interview with him. Today, we continue from how he was talking about uh, convincing 10 farmers to do what he was doing, but how they were faced with problems. And so through doing that in that way, I was actually empowering them and they had total control of the experiment. Despite that, Nobody likes to be different, and people ridiculed them. They laughed at them. Mm. They even started stealing their trees as they grew, uh, sometimes out of need, sometimes greed, and sometimes perhaps there was an old score to settle. It could have failed that year, 1983, but it was also a severe drought year, and people were hungry, people starting to leave. Mm. It, it took a long time to get the permissions, to get the grain and so on, but we turned that crisis into something for good by creating a food for work program. And I had a captive audience in a hundred villages. If you want food, and most of them certainly needed sure. it, then one of the requirements in this work program is to regenerate 40 trees per hectare. <laughs> and you can imagine that, oh, Tony's so mean. How could he expect this of us? Because the, the thought for most people was these trees will grow They'll suppress my crop and I'll be even hungrier. Oh, well, wow. 1984, we had a bumper year, excellent rains, a bumper crop. And so they couldn't pull that one on me. The, the trees <laughs> didn't inhibit the crop. But even so, 75% of half a million trees were cut out. Finished with Tony, we'll get on to it with our life. But 25% said, no, the guy's a bit funny, <laughs> but it didn't do any harm. Mm -hmm. Did you notice at the base of the tree, it was more moist? Oh. The soil was darker because of the leaf litter fall. Oh. Some of those trees are giving us fruit that we haven't tasted since we were children. <sighs> and the women suffer so much. They're walking for hours to get pitiful amount of firewood. Right. We can see that if we do this, we'll have firewood close at hand. Mm. So they persevered. And from that critical mass, uh, 25%, a movement grew that spread across the country of Niger at the rate of a quarter of a million hectares per year for 20 years. Oh, wow. At the end of that period, they'd grown 200 million trees without planting a single one across 5 million hectares of farmland. Who would have known? Who <laughs> would have known? Now, I'm curious, though, when you start off convincing these farmers, even the first 10 or the first farmer, did you actually try it yourself 
I mean, did you have a plot of land yourself and tried it yourself, or you just went by faith and just say, "Hey, I know in my head I've got a good idea. You just follow me and just do what I said. What I tell you." At, at that point, I didn't have land of my own; only the farmer's land, which, which is actually a good thing. If you do something on an experiment station, people don't necessarily translate to their on-farm reality. I see. If you treat the farm itself as your lab,、oh. and the farmers as your co-researchers, it's much more effective in in transmitting a message. Growing up in Australia, anybody who's seen a eucalyptus tree after fire or after being cut, spontaneously it sprouts shoots. After fire, all the way up the trunk,、uh-huh. and after cutting, a profusion of new shoots come up. So I should have known. It shouldn't have taken me two and a half years to realize this. But in- intuitively, e- even without having done the experiment myself, I knew that these trees—the technical term is coppicing—they were regrowing from the stump. I-, I knew they would become trees again. This is incredible. <laughs> so、um, I know that you've actually traveled、uh, quite a lot around. The world, different countries and cities, trying to convince everybody to do this.、Um, how long have you been at this? I know that you say that before you came to Taiwan, you've been traveling for two months already. <laughs> where, where did you go for those two months? I mean, what places? Name some. Well,、uh, I started in Jordan. There, there、okay. was a a creation care conference there for the whole Middle East on how to look after the environment. Okay.、Um, you were invited to all these places, right? Yes. 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 So, so in in Jordan, that was a separate organisation with their conference. But、uh, across Europe,、uh, France, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, and Switzerland. All my contacts were through the World Vision offices in those countries.、Mm. I, I met、um, representatives of the EU,、um, donors, government entities, and、uh, ministers of environment and development, and, and the general public and and media. <laughs>、mm, right, media. I think it, it matters a lot that the media is covering your stories and making videos of it, so that people are convinced when they see something. That's proof that it's working. Media is so important,、yes. despite the success, and and it really was revolutionary. There had been so many decades of failure, expenditure of millions of dollars on tree planting efforts across that Sahel region of Africa, and yet this success story in Niger was hardly known. And the role of the media, particularly since around 2012, has been wonderful to create the awareness to help move. The minds of policymakers and donors and and other non-government organisations.、Mm. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with. Tony Ronaldo, an agronomist from Australia, who came up with the method called farmer-managed natural regeneration technique for regrowing trees that have been hacked off. What do you see in Taiwan? I mean, obviously, it's going to work. Do we have a lot of land? I know we do, but、um, you were—I think I read a report somewhere where you know we count on a lot of paddy fields. We grow rice, so、uh, we use a lot of water. But you are saying that if we were to follow your way, we'd be cutting down on so much paddy fields that needs water. You were saying something. Gosh, I have little different pieces here and there. Something about、um, lowering the temperature 
I don't know. Help me out. Yeah. So, <laughs> what so, do you see? Yeah. So first of all, this method, farmer-managed natural regeneration, will look quite different in a developed country like Taiwan ah, on your really? agricultural okay. fields because you have mechanization and because of the high cost of labor and, and so on, that the principles still work. And what, what may be necessary is to focus the regeneration on the farm borders, on the non-agricultural land, the, the sides of roads and the sides uh, riverbanks, because you, you don't want interference in your actual uh, paddy field where you have mechanization. And they've been at it for decades, so they don't want you to touch that. Right? And, and they would have actually removed the stumps long ago. Oh, so so right. we, we need to adapt to each context. And, and this is what I do no matter which country I go to. I work with the local experts and the farmers. What, what would this look like in your context? And, and you mentioned temperature there. Over the last century, the average temperatures in Taiwan have increased by an incredible 1.4 degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. Now, why why bother tree with trees when you have such a productive agricultural landscape? For every one degree increase in temperature above 35 Celsius, you will experience with, with rice a 10% decline in yield. Two degrees, 20%, and so on. Uh-huh. Now, this is very serious. Yeah. And yet, if you have a light covering of trees, in, uh-huh. in the case of paddy, it would have to be on, on the buns, on the edge of the field. If you have a light covering of trees, it can actually reduce air temperatures by as much as 10 degrees Celsius at midday. Now, right. that's very, very significant. It is. And so, if we're going to adapt to climate change, we need to adapt our agricultural practices as well. Mm. <laughs> now, I have not mentioned yet, because I think you came up with this term, FMNR. What does that spell into again? So, farmer-managed natural <laughs> regeneration. You came with that term, right? I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> oh, I and I've been it. told it's so terrible because it, it's hard to say and it's a long acronym. But it, it was actually um, Barry Rands, who was working with USAID at the time. He coined that term. Oh, okay. And the thing is... After talking to you. After visiting one of visiting my Visiting one fields. of your... Right, okay. Yes, yes. And um, the, the, the thing is, though, it's not actually an invention of mine. This is an ancient practice across parts of Asia, even Europe and, and Africa, that through modernization, through the pressure of population growth... We've lost this habit. Mm. And in effect, all I'm really doing is um, reviving an ancient practice, but perhaps modifying it to the particular context that I go into. Right, right. Now, when you came to town before, did you study up on our our soil, our land, and all that kind of stuff? Well, I don't know. Th- 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 <laughs> I don't is, know. I'm just curious. Well, this is actually my first visit, and I, I, yeah, ha- I know. Ha- haven't done a lot of in-depth study because... I, You're going to be coming back again, are you? <laughs> I, I, I hope so. Um, oh, good. Yeah, I, ho- I hope so next year, perhaps. Okay. But I, I, uh, the intention of this visit wasn't to, to promote okay. farmer-managed natural regeneration locally, and I, I didn't get to talk to agriculturalists or farmers, but... Should that opportunity arise, I'll certainly do my homework before I come. <laughs> no, it seems like you already know enough. I mean, um, just by traveling around from, from seeing our land. We are such a small country compared to the rest of the world. 
and yet um, there's still a lot that we can do, right, on this small, small island. D- definitely. What, what helps me is, even though I'd never been to Taiwan, the, the principles, the way nature works apply across the board. And okay. in, in the case of FMNR, I've been to the foothills of the Himalayas. I've been to the humid tropics, to alpine areas of um, East Timor, so above 2,000 meters. Okay. And this year, we've, we're even starting an FMNR project in the sea. So mangrove oh. swamps on the Solomon Islands. But while the, the exact shape of it will differ, the principles apply. It's about allowing nature to do what it wants to do, giving it Those that work. helping hand. Where do you want to go from here? Well, where you're the- just going to keep on traveling as you physically can, and get your message across, and you know, eventually, I think we're going to really see a lot of green all over the world. De- de- definitely. So, as I, I hate to admit it, as I'm getting older, <laughs> I, I have know. to re- refocus. What's my purpose at this point in time? Okay. What is your purpose and, at this and, point? And I in time? feel the the best use of my time is yeah. to inspire the next generation. So I, I take interviews, I, I write articles, I, there's certain video clips and even a documentary. I've written my autobiography. And I, I want to give the young generation hope, okay. but I want to inspire them. Hope isn't accidental. It doesn't mysteriously fall out of the sky. Through your actions, mm-hmm. you make hope happen. Wow. And that, that's very important. So many young people are despairing. Mm-hmm. They feel it's too late to do anything about climate change. Mm. And effectively, they've given up. And I, I challenge them, no. Yeah. If all you can do is turn the light switch off when you leave the room, for goodness sakes, do it. But you know very well you can do much more than that. Yeah, that so, is true. So that's on a personal level. But as World Vision, because of the time that we're in with climate change, and there's very little time left to have decisive action we're working in support of the UN Decade on Ecosystem Restoration. Mm-hmm. Their target is to restore 1 billion hectares of degraded land. So we've adopted this target, and we're actively working in our programs uh, with others, through others, uh, giving them freely the information if they want to do it on their own. For goodness sakes, let's do it. This is low cost, it's rapid, it's scalable, it's already proven. Let's just do it. Yeah, um, it's totally convincing what you just said. And I, how can I forget to mention that you got an award for this? A Love of Life Award from CTK Foundation here in Taiwan. Primary reason why I came to Taiwan. There, there were other oh. awards elsewhere, but that, that's what brought me here. You're too <laughs> humble. I see that, Tony, you're a very humble man. I think you've got a great vision and also mission that you put in yourself ever since you were little and we value that thank you so much it's been really inspiring hearing your story thank you Shirley it's been a pleasure to talk with you I know thank you for coming to Taiwan thank you Tony